You are now tuned in to the Asian Madness Podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things true crime, mysterious, morbid, and odd from the other side of the world. I'm your host, Jessica. Please sit back, relax, and let's dive into this week's topic. Hey, what's up? Before I begin, I have one question. Do you guys ever get mad when listening to true crime podcasts? Well, guess who also gets really angry? Do you get mad when listening to true crime? Well, so do I. If you want a weekly true crime podcast that says what you're thinking, then grab a beer and pull up a deck chair. This is Cambo from True Crime Island, another true crime podcast, and maintain the rage with me. Visit truecrimeisland.com where you can download or stream each episode. Plus, there's links to iTunes and social media. And as I always say, don't forget to delete your browser history. This is True Crime Island. And that was Campbell Ford's True Crime Island. It is an amazing podcast and it really gets your anger going. Go check it out now. And now let us begin this week's episode. Hey guys, it's me again, the Asian Madness Podcast. So I noticed I've been going on a long true crime streak for the past few episodes. So I've decided it is now time to get back into the world of Urban Legends. If you haven't listened to my first Urban Legends episode, go check out episode 2, Tales Told in the Dark. Literally the same name, but this is part 2. I've collected 5 more tales for this episode, and today I'll hopefully introduce you to some new ones, some that you have never heard of. Truth or Fiction you be the judge. If you scare easily, this may not be the episode for you. So, you've been warned. <laughs> ha. The first story is an urban legend from Indonesia. I would like to thank one of my listeners on Twitter, Lee, for writing to me after my first urban legend episode, which was like way back last year. See? I did not forget. Lee sent me an email with a bunch of famous Indonesian urban legends, and I appreciate it so damn much. So, if you're listening right now, thanks, Lee. Okay, let's now begin today's first tale. This is a tale of the Sundel Bolong. Sundel Bolong, when literally translated from Javanese, means prostitute hole. And by hole, I mean like a hollow opening kind of hole. For the sake of this story, please disregard whether or not the word prostitute is correct or not. It's a translated word, so it can probably be interpreted in many ways. Some details in this urban legend vary depending on the source, so I will address them as I go. So this is how the tale goes. A woman who worked the streets as a prostitute was brutally raped and became pregnant from this. She either could not bear to get rid of this life growing inside of her, or did not have the means to do so. So she ended up keeping the baby. 
Unfortunately for her and her baby, she had a very difficult labor, and both mother and child did not survive. The thing is, her baby was not conceived properly. Since the mother had passed, it was not possible to conceive via natural means. So instead of pushing a baby out of her, the baby ended up clawing its way out of the mother's backside. But the baby also did not make it. This is how the name of this tale came by. The prostitute with a hole on her back. Legend goes, this woman is known to wander the streets at night. Her long hair draped down her backside, covering her wounds. She would seduce men or wait for them to approach her, and once they got close to her or got sketchy with her, she would reveal her true self, exposing her rotting backside, organs, spinal cord, and guts filled with maggots. The odor and the shock would be enough to knock a person out, and that's when she would kill and eat the organs of her victims. The Sundel Bolong is also known to roam the streets looking for her baby, and if she came across a baby, she would take it with her and care for it, believing that this was her baby. This urban legend was said to have been created to warn men of the consequences of prostitution and rape, and to also warn women of the potential dangerous situations involving prostitution and strange men. What do you think? It might be a made-up story, but it doesn't make it any less creepy as you're walking home alone at night, and suddenly a woman with long hair down her back approaches you. If you're interested in hearing more, go ahead and look up the movie called Sundel Bolong, an Indonesian film from the 80s. My next story is the Japanese urban legend called Skima Onna, which I would translate to woman in the gaps or cracks. Have you ever felt like you weren't alone when in fact you were alone? Ever feel like you've caught something out of the corner of your eye moving? Even though you don't believe in ghosts and you know there's no way someone is in your house because there's literally nowhere for them to hide. There are a couple different versions of the story so here goes my favorite one. A man whom we will refer to as Tom received a phone call one day. It was one of his classmates from back when he was in high school. They haven't been in touch in years, so it was a bit odd to receive a call from him out of the blue. The two said their hellos, and the friend made a strange request. Can you please come over and spend the night at my apartment tonight, please? Tom thought it was super odd. He wanted to say no, but he sensed the urgency in his friend's voice, so he agreed. When Tom arrived, he rang his friend's doorbell and the door opened. His friend looked tired, sickly, and had heavy bags under his eyes, but it was clear that he was overjoyed to see Tom arrive. Tom noticed something was odd right away. His friend had duct tape taped over every single crack you can name. You know how there is usually a gap between furnitures or between the furniture and the wall? That. Even the closet doors were taped together. Every gap was covered with tape. 
Tom was a bit hesitant to ask, so he just chatted away with his friend. But he would catch his friend glancing around the room at times with a terrified look and would hear him muttering to himself, She's looking at me. She's looking at me. Tom spent the night, and everything was fine. The two said their goodbyes the following day, and Tom returned home. Once Tom arrived, he felt like something wasn't completely right. He looked around his apartment, but everything was the way he had left it. Did somebody break in? Or was someone pulling a prank on him? That's when he realized what the feeling was. The feeling when someone is peeking out at you. Looking at you. At first he dismissed it, but the feeling never went away. A few days later, he sat in his room contemplating. Once he could no longer dismiss the feeling, he spun around quickly and to his horror, he saw a woman staring at him from the gap between the wall and his bed. Tom screamed and like his friend, taped up every single gap in his room so the woman could no longer stare at him from the cracks. I find this tale extra creepy. I get jumpy when I'm alone sometimes, so this is the kind of story that you hear and laugh about. But when you're alone at home in the middle of the night and you hear one random sound, this is the story that comes to your head. And you're welcome. Next up is another strange one, indeed. A different kind of strange. If you guys are around my age or had an interest similar to mine, then you must be somewhat familiar with the Pokemon Game Boy games. Blue, red, yellow. Then there was silver, gold, and crystal. And then I lost track because there were way too many versions and way too many Pokemons. But long live the original 150. You don't have to know the game to hear this tale, so here goes. In the Pokemon game series, there are several towns that the player has to go through in order to collect all the gym badges and be the best Pokemon master of all time. I would know since I was one. One specific town is called Lavender Town. This town stands out from the others because it's a tiny town and it's known as the graveyard for all deceased Pokemon. It's not the usual gravesite, but rather a Japanese-style tower, presumably where the ashes of the dead Pokemon are kept. What's special about this town is the music that plays when you are in this town. It's an eerie music that has been described as deceptively calm. Tune ranks highly on most gamers' lists of terrifying childhood memories. This was said by the website bloody disgusting. It has also been said that the tune leaves a sense of dread. One person working behind the game development team had said that their aim was to make Lavender Town distinct from all the other parts in the game. By the way, you're listening to it right now. It was reported in the 90s that many Japanese children between the ages of 7 to 12 had begun showing odd signs after hearing the music from Lavender Town. By many, I mean around 200 children. This was the kind of tune where they said carried certain notes that adults were immune to, meaning only children of a certain age would be able to hear. 
Symptoms associated with hearing this music included headaches, shortness in breath, insomnia, nose and ear bleeds, falling into a trance-like state, and acting out in anger. But that's not all. Many children were rumored to have committed or have attempted to commit suicide. The best explanation that people could come up with was that certain notes could only be heard by children, or maybe some musical notes affected children's brain development since they were still growing. The music for Lavender Town has since been changed to make it less eerie and more mellow and friendly. You're listening to the new version right now. Can you tell the difference? Of course, this is just another one of those urban legends, one of those that get you wondering, but realistically? Eh. The tune sounds simple, but I kind of dig it. It's a bit eerie, but in a good way? It's also a similar concept to the song Gloomy Sunday, aka Hungarian Suicide Song, a song that supposedly drives people to commit suicide. Look it up and listen to it if you're unfamiliar with it. But please, be safe. For our fourth story, I will be telling you about a game that is said to bring out the ghosties. Nope, sorry, not the infamous elevator game. But if you're looking for a podcast that talks about that, go ahead and check out the creepy podcast, the episode called The Elevator Ritual. And of course, the mall podcast. This is the urban legend from Japan called One Man Hide and Seek. These are the items you will need for the game to work. If you're brave enough to do so, that is. You will need a small stuffed animal, a glass of salt water, red thread, and a needle, a sharp object like a pair of scissors or a box cutter, a cup of rice, and either strands of your own hair or clippings of your own nails. You will also need the following locations. The most important place is a safe room where you can hide in and leave the salt water at, a bathroom that has access to a tub, and another room with a TV in it, and plenty of places to hide. Follow these steps for preparation. Cut open the stuffed animal. Take out the cotton and replace it with the cup of rice and your hair or fingernails. Close the animal up with the red thread and needle, and if the thread turns out to be a little too long, do not cut it. Wrap it around the doll until it runs out. Make sure most of the house is dark. Next, fill the tub with water and wait for the clock to strike 3 a.m. To begin the actual game, Name the doll something other than your own name. Like, say, Snuggles. Say out loud, I'll be it, three times. Then place Snuggles inside the water-filled tub. Turn off the lights, shut the door, and run to the room with the TV. Turn off the lights in the room and turn on the TV to a static channel. Think uh, poltergeist style. Wait there, stay quiet, and count to ten. Return to the bathroom, 
turn the lights on and tell the doll, I found Snuggles, then stab it with a sharp object. Then tell the doll, Cuddles is it. Leave it in the tub with a sharp object stabbing it as it is. Turn off the lights, shut the door, and go hide in your safe room. People usually recommend hiding in closets and leaving the door slightly ajar so you can peek out. Remember, you must be very quiet because this game is no different playing with ghosts. Around this time is when people report weird activities happening in their house. Anything ranging from footsteps, water sounds, strange smells, whispers, or your electrical appliances acting out. The end ritual for the game is probably the most important part of the game. Do not just leave the room like no big deal. Instead, take that glass of salt water and take a mouthful. Return to the bathroom and turn on the lights. Some have stated that the stuffed animal would be found in a complete different position, or even worse, the stuffed animal would be found somewhere else. If it's not where you left it, you must find it. Once you find it, spit the salt water onto the doll and pour the rest on Snuggles. Then tell Snuggles, I've won! Three times. The last step is the most important step. You will have to burn the doll. Once it is burned, then the game is completely finished. Congrats! You've won for real! Do not play the game when others are in the house because you might cause terrible things to happen to them if they get caught up in the game unknowingly. I mean, this is the point of the game, that you're alone and you want to play hide and seek. If you actually had friends, you wouldn't really have to resort to playing with ghosts and spirits, right? So go out and make some friends, please. But if that's not your thing, I mean, go ahead and remember to follow the rules. The last urban legend for this episode is one I forgot to include in my last one. Yes, I've been waiting for like eight months for this moment. This is an urban legend from the city of Taichung in Taiwan, and it's called The Girl in Red. This urban legend began with a homemade video of a group of people that went hiking in the mountains. If you're on social media, I will be posting the video footage of this and you can check it out yourself. A group of people were out hiking in March of 1998, and since they were having a blast, one of them decided to take out their camcorder and document their day. Everything was perfectly normal and nothing out of the ordinary happened. Everyone returned home, and you would expect that this would be the end of the story, but no. A few months later, one person from the group was said to have died from a terrible accident. The rest of the group decided to play the video footage of them at the outing at the funeral in memory of their friend. Except, they got more than what they were hoping for. In one video footage, the person holding the camcorder is filming everybody else as they were coming down the hill one by one. Everyone looked at the camera and waved, but they soon saw that there was a little girl wearing a red shirt and red pants right behind the supposed last person coming down the hill. 
No one remembered seeing anyone that matched that description that day, and no one from their group that day was a child. So who or what was she? This videotape was sent to a media outlet, and at first they were just curious about who the little girl might have been. Was she just someone who lived near the woods and was just crossing paths with them? Soon, the video went viral and everyone was convinced this was something not from our world. This supposed little girl looks like a little girl in appearance, but when you see her face in the video, it looks almost greenish and scrunched up. Of course, I'll be posting this on social media. After this video went viral on all television stations, a man contacted a TV station and said he has also seen that little girl in red. After his encounter with her, everything in his life started to go wrong. His business began to go downhill drastically, and he experienced many life-threatening accidents since then. Coincidence? Maybe. But remember, Asians can be very superstitious, especially the older generation. This man was very stressed out and he hoped someone would help him, believing that an encounter with this entity has somehow ruined his life. A very well-known Buddhist monk was asked to visit the area and see if there was anything he could do to prevent more people from seeing this so-called girl. The monk arrived in the wooded area and immediately sensed that something was not right. It's hard to say what he did because it's not specifically documented, and I don't think I would understand even if it were. But he managed to control this entity. He told the entity he would let it go if they promised to not cause any more harm to others. The monk used an egg to absorb the entity, trapping it. I suppose Pokemon style? And once that was over, he fulfilled his end of the promise and cracked the egg open to let the entity free. Instead of seeing a normal egg white and an egg yolk, the entire egg was said to have turned a blackish color. Of course, many people believe this to be a hoax, something the TV stations made up to get more viewers. Yeah, sure, that's totally possible. But at this point, anything can be real. But remember, people do not make jokes or lies about people dying because it's bad karma and bad luck. Check out the video yourself and you decide if it's just a random little girl that was following them or something else entirely. Well, which was your favorite? If you have any Asian urban legends you'd like me to look into and maybe discuss in a future episode, feel free to message me. Sure, all of these could be made up. But the thing is, many of these stories play on our fears. Fear of the unknown, fear of the strange, fear of the dark. Things like that. It doesn't matter if you believe in ghosts or not. If the ghosts believe in you, they will come and say hi. Till next time. Special thanks this episode to Adam for providing his voice for Tom in the second story. You know, the guy on the phone with the Australian accent. Yeah, that was Adam. Alright, I would like to thank the following people for reviewing my podcast. 
Jim from the Forgotten News podcast. Jim has been very supportive and has given me a lot of inspiration and support. So I really, really am very grateful. Meech M2018, D. Lind Q from Australia, NYC Fluxter, and Mama D9 gave me an updated review. And thank God they still like my podcast. So thank you all for reviewing. As for my Patreon, thank you to Timothy Fox, Pink Spider, and Tekumish Munhake. Oh God, I'm so sorry. You really have to write me and tell me how to pronounce that. As some of you might know, my Patreon for this month, well, this coming month, is going to be on hold. Think of it as taking a little break, and in the same way, I get a little break. I overthink a lot, and I'm always really stressed because I like to stress myself out. So a little break is nice. And for the Patreon members... Please respond to me if you're interested in the postcard that I have put up on the Patreon page. If that is something that you would like, remember, message me or comment below on the post. Thank you! Thank you for tuning in to the Asian Madness podcast. Please help me by rating, reviewing this podcast. If you're on social media, please look for me under the handle Asian Madness Pod. If you have any comments or suggestions, do not hesitate to write me at asianmadnesspod at gmail.com. I truly appreciate each and every one of you for being here. I am your host, Jessica. Till next time.